Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rodney Taylor, a.k.a. The Pinion Gotham, and you are listening to Geek Vibes Live! And here we go. All right, hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to a brand new episode of Geek Vibes Live. Um... For this evening, I'm your host, Tia, and I have with me the amazing Dom. How are you doing this evening, Dom? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. It's, uh, it's a weird weekend, a weird um, fourth, non-fourth type of vibe, you know, going on. Uh, I think the first time that we've all felt this uh, feeling on a fourth weekend before, um, so it's new, but I think it's kind of a kind of a much-needed kind of reset of things uh, going forward, uh, but other than that, I'm, I'm good. I'm, I've been chilling. I definitely feel that as well with 4th of July. It so didn't feel like it, not only because of everything that's going on, but because literally in my neighborhood, they've been setting off fireworks for the past two months, so it wasn't anything new for me. I was, in my head, I'm like, well, they, they've been setting off fireworks every night, so what's the difference? <laughs> Yes, anywhere around here, I think uh, I know. I know part of it is people are excited for fireworks, and then also people are just bored, and they're like, "This is something I can go do is go blow some shit up." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hopefully, no one blew any of their fingers off. Right. Though, so, <laughs> fingers crossed with that. But um, yeah, so we have a few topics, and I decided that we should probably start with the trailer talk. Now, Dom, did you see the trailer for David Ayer's Tax Collector? Uh, yeah, I just, uh, no, I, I just watched it for the second time about 15 minutes ago, and because uh, I wanted to show my fiance, because I had already seen it, and anything Shia LaBeouf, I'm in, off top, but um, it looks it looks great. It looks kind of... Um, this David Ayers in his pocket, you know what I mean? Doing what he's been, uh, he's very good at, which is making these like cop gangster shoot 'em up type of movies. But the story also seems a lot more complex than, you know, uh, than the trailer lets off completely. Yeah. yeah. And so the funny thing is that I originally wasn't a big fan of Shia LaBeouf from the Transformers movies. You know, he played this very whiny sort of character, I think got a little pigeonholed there. And then he was in this movie, Lawless, and he kind of still played the same character, but I liked him more. It was David Ayer's Fury that totally turned me around on Shia. So it's nice to see Shia and David Ayer teaming back up with each other, for a new movie, and it's good for people to see that David Ayer isn't just the, you know, isn't just Suicide Squad. Right. He's a, he's a talented director. He's done plenty of things like Fury, even though I wasn't the biggest fan of Bright, which I know Juwan was a big fan of, but I wasn't a fan of. Yeah, the, the, I think the only thing of Bright, I, I mean, I, I enjoyed it, but not enough to watch it multiple times. 
But there was one particular part uh, that I wanted to use uh, in my personal podcast because there's a point in the movie where he says something about chopping it up with the homies. And I was like, that's perfect. <laughs> but I was like, they're going to sue me if I use that. So I just kind of I, I recorded it and then I had changed the pitch and I just decided not to use it because I wasn't trying to. I had Universal come after me once before for talking really? about Eminem. So I was like, I'm good. I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> um, but I do I do like that uh, what Ayers is try, able to do is to take these people like a Will Smith, like Denzel, like Shia, and who are like these kind of wholesome family type names and flip them into like these badasses. Um, and I, and it, the way Shia looks, it looks like he's the badass. And yeah. I do want to, um, I saw uh, David respond to somebody, uh, which I knew was going to happen. As soon as I saw the trailer, they said, is, is Shia LaBeouf supposed to be uh, Hispanic? or Latin, and he was like, Do you, have you not seen people who grew up around other people? He just, somebody who grew up in that neighborhood, so he talks the talk, he walks the walk, and I think we all know people who, like, grew up in a culture that was opposite their own, and you can't help but embody it because you grew up in it. So I know they're going to catch some stupid flack for that, but it doesn't seem like he did it in a, a mocking way. It just seems like a guy who grew up around a whole bunch of Latin gangs, and that's just who his character is. I'm glad you brought that up because it was something that I wanted to bring up as well. And as soon as I saw – at first, I didn't even think about it. At first, I was just thinking, wow, Shia looks awesome. He does. I think he probably looks like the most badass that we've (laughs) ever seen him. And if I could say from a female perspective, he he looked hot. You know, (laughs) I was like, oh, cool. And then as soon as I saw – that tweet, I go, yeah, here comes, you know, the the controversy and the fake outrage. And I like David Ayer's response because, you know, someone like me, um, not that I'm, you know, emulating, say, another culture, but I think that maybe people don't realize that some people live in other neighborhoods that maybe isn't predominantly their own. Like growing up in Mount Vernon, New York, you know, that was a very diverse um, place so it's like you know you get more of a feel for people who aren't like you and I feel like that's what David Ayer is saying like you know he he's just doing people who grew up in the same neighborhood it reminded me a bit of you know uh, if you ever saw Den of Thieves um, yeah. in a, a, there were so many different people in that group but it's because of the neighborhood that they grew up in and so I right. think that's what he was trying to get to it in that. He even especially, said, I think David Ayer said that he, sorry, go ahead. Oh yeah, I was going to say, especially in L.A., L.A., is just like New York, is probably, you know, the those two are the only two that I can really say are complete melting pots. You can say, you know, um, maybe like Miami, but L.A. And, and New York City have such a mix of like you have certain Chinatown, you have Jamaica Queens, you have this and then so it's it, I think that's why those two cities are kind of the um represent kind of a all encompassing society because everybody's culture is kind of mess. Yeah, you're gonna have your dominant one that you relate to, 
But if you like, I had you know, I got homies that are um, that are white. They grew up around me and my homies, so they're like, they might dress a little different. They're gonna talk a little different. And some people outside of our circle are gonna be like, "Why y'all let him do, do this?" And I'm like, "That's him." Like he been with us since like we was in kindergarten. That's just how he is. Sorry, like he's not gonna change because he y'all think he's supposed to. You know what I mean? So I feel like. It'll be a, a little bit of a thing for a little while, but it's Shia, and I've never seen him do a role too bad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Besides Trans- the Transformers movies. Movie in general. I don't think it was him necessarily. Um, but anything since in the past, like, six, seven, eight years, I mean, you can't argue with his uh, outcomes. Yeah, I... I 100% agree with you. I'm excited to see this. I I love the idea of it, that they're these tax collectors, and then suddenly they have to deal with... I think I read in the description, it's a warlord from Mexico comes back into the neighborhood, and that sort of kind of intermingles with everything. So it's going to be badass, and I'm, I'm super excited to see yeah. this. Yeah. David Ayer, um, I wish would stop getting so much hate. Right. And <laughs> I just wish he would stop getting hate. I don't know. I, I like him. But uh, speaking of David Ayer, this is a kind of small thing, but I wanted to know your opinion of it. Do you think there should be an air cut? No. I don't want any cuts <laughs> of anything. <laughs> um, my, thing, my thing is that, me personally, I don't ask for any kind of. I, I take the final product for what it is. I buy the Blu-ray. I watch the deleted scenes, and then I might think like, okay, yeah, that should have been there. Maybe it shouldn't have. Whatever. Now, if we get it, if we get these cuts, we get like the Snyder Cut air cut. I mean, I'll take it. You know, um, if they give it out, but I wouldn't like put my life on hold to like fight for it to, to be a thing um because i mean like like you i enjoy suicide squad um i get why people might not like certain depictions of characters or whatnot but like, i thought it was a fun movie and i thought that's what it was supposed to be i didn't think it was supposed to be overly serious like some of the other dc films so yeah i don't i don't know i, I i'm not asking for it but if it happens it happens it, the whole thing about director's cuts are, to me, getting a little ridiculous, especially since the Snyder Cut was announced that it's coming out, because then, I don't know if you saw on our Geek Fives Nation Twitter page, Kanan posted that Sylvester Stallone said there's a director's <laughs> cut of Rocky Four, and I'm like, and I say this as someone who enjoyed the Rocky movies, no one wants that sly, no <laughs> one really even cares about that. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I mean, not not taking anything away from him or the movie. It almost just seemed like it's a cash grab. Yeah. Oh, I have I have something that these ten minutes you didn't see. I'll re-release it, and then you buy it, and you're like, you're gonna, and if you're mad, oh well, you pay for it. So <laughs> I, I don't know if it, if you're gonna do a, a director's cut, you gotta add like half an hour or something. Like I'm really mad. Um, that I saw Dylan did that uh, write-up about Midsummer doing, ha- releasing their director's cut, um, and I had just bought the Blu-ray, like, a month ago, and I was like, I got to buy uh, <laughs> 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 I 
Um, that's going to be interesting to see a director's cut of Midsommar. Uh, Kanan absolutely hated that movie, so <laughs> that just kind of makes me giggle every time that movie's even mentioned, which I didn't mind it. It it was definitely interesting, but uh, that'll be fun to see that. Yeah, I just wanted to ask about the error cut, just because I see him now, like, really campaigning for it, and I get that. It seems like with Warner Brothers, they're very... Um, restrictive to what the directors do they got a lot that of input that they want into their movies which is funny because uh birds of prey posters right behind you and so (laughs) and someone i think was saying i think kathy ann herself was trying to allude to the fact that there may be a birds of prey cut (laughs) and i just thought that whole thing was a little ridiculous it's to me it's like let's move on you know, yeah. learn from your mistakes. We got, first of all, how confusing is that going to be? Because correct me if I'm wrong, The Suicide Squad is supposed to come out in what, 2021, right? I think so, or is yeah. it 2022? I think mean, it's Yeah. So that comes out, say The Suicide Squad comes out in 2021, but then David Ayer's director's cut comes out on HBO Max in 2021. <laughs> I, it's just going to be confusing. Yeah, that, that's the one thing I don't understand is that I know we're smart enough to differentiate between them, but you're still, for the casual person, you're going to mess with the continuity of everything they watched, and they're going to be like, I, I thought, hold on, this person didn't die or they did die? I don't understand. <laughs> and they're going to have to be doing and maybe that's what they're doing. like. Look, the websites like that, we've got geek buyers. They just have to explain to people what's going on. <laughs> oh, it's not our job to do that. We just put the movies out. So, you know. We'll have to have, like, a whole thing where we go through everything and explain it to them. <laughs> Here's a continuity, yeah. which will be a shit show because they don't even know their own continuity. But anyway. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, I had on my list about the, um, the movie Tenant changing their date to August 12th. I feel like every week now, every movie is getting a change and all that. But do you feel like Tenant is trying to, to me, why not just then extend it a few months from now? What is up with them trying to, like, kiss pretty much the line of when the theaters are going to reopen? Yeah, I I, I feel like if they really wanted to make a big splash... We know that none of this is really going to probably die down until sometime in the fall. Everything may be back to normal, say, December. And with them, I think when they push the Oscars back to, like, April or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Release your movie later, and your movie will be fresh in people's memory for these awards. Um, Because I know people, whether or not they, you know boast about it, they are trying to win the awards with some of these, like, like Tenet. Tenet wants, A, the money, because I'm sure they spent a lot on the budget, but they want those awards to go with it. Um, and I, and I, cause I feel like if you were, there's a lot of movies I've screened so far this year that they're okay with uh, digital release, and, they, and it's doing just fine. But, something like that, you know, of course, the way that it's shot probably has to be seen in a certain theater, a certain screen, certain sound. Um, but yeah, I think 
I would let some other movies be the first ones to be, uh, you know, volunteered as tribute when the theater's <laughs> open. <laughs> but, hey, yeah, you go ahead. Oh, you didn't do well? Cool. We're going to wait. Because um, you don't want a big movie like that to be tossed out there, floundering, and then no one goes to the theaters, and then it tanks, and they're like, we're just going to re-release it in December. And it's like, why don't you just hold it till December? So, yeah, I don't, I don't know why they don't just wait, because... At this point, it just seems like you're just trying to re- remind people that it's coming out. Like, hey, <laughs> just to let back. you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's weird. In my opinion, I think, and I, I think I said this on other shows before, but the movies that were say just in theaters when everything closed down, like say Bloodshot or even Invisible Man. Put those out as the first ones. The yeah. ones who, you know, maybe they were only in theater for a week or two and then everything got shut down. Put them. Hell, put freaking Hamilton or something in the theaters. Right. I mean, uh, something else than, say, these big, big movies that they are going to need to make back their money. I know that there's going to be a lot of people who probably will go because they want to go to the theater and all that, but there's going to be a lot of people who are going to be very hesitant, even with restrictions, even with them saying, oh, we'll have people X amount of feet apart and they'll have to wear masks. There's still going to be people who aren't going to want to go, and you're going to lose money that way. Yeah, and it's kind of it's kind of creepy that last year me, you, Juana, AJ had that long conversation about if they should do uh, movies like uh, for people who didn't want to go to the theater, if they should send out codes to watch it at home and whatnot. And then we're <laughs> at this point now, and it's like, we were talking about it. How come they didn't have a plan for it already? You would think that this is a thing that you think of. I know that pandemics are, are a rare thing, but anything could happen, you know, to where you have to have a plan going forward. And, Clearly, no one did. Uh, Hollywood is hella confused right now because oh, I keep seeing, oh, we're going to start shooting in two weeks. Okay, five weeks. Okay, two months from now. Ah, okay, we don't know. Um, <laughs> and I was, uh, I think I saw an interview of some, I can't remember who it was, it was an actress, and she was talking about their scenes, they have to like uh, be tested before they, you know, and temperature and whatnot before they shoot the scene. And they try to do it, and then they got to go back and then be retested again. And it's just a lot of, like, it's going to go back to, um, like, some of our regular movies uh, that don't take a lot of CGI or action sequences. Nowadays, take about a month to shoot, month, month and a half. And now those are going to take <laughs> two months probably because of all the precautions we have to take. Um, I mean, it's got to be done. Uh it just uh, it's a strange time. It's a very strange time. Yeah, I mean, I've had a few interviews where I've asked the actors, you know, how is it going to feel when you have to do these certain sort of scenes where you're fighting up close with someone or even sex scenes and right. them saying that people are going to have to maybe rework the scripts to kind of maybe eliminate those type of scenes. But it is going to be a different way that they're going to have to shoot these movies. Um, and they're going to take longer. And honestly, they're probably going to cost more now yeah. at this point. Yeah, I was, I was trying to see. I, that's why I'm like looking down. I was trying to see 
on our Geek Fives Nation page um, when they said that they were planning to start production back up on the Falcon and Winter Soldier show, because I think that is very close. I Oh, yeah, okay. Here it is. Uh, so... Via The Hollywood Reporter, The Falcon and Winter Soldier Show, and The Loki Show look to resume filming this August. How plausible do you think that is? <laughs> um, it'll probably, they'll probably still stick with August. It'll just be like the last week of August. Because um, it seems like everything right now is um, play it by ear because we've seen if you open things up too early... And people are taking upon themselves to not care about everybody else. Then we go back into we go backwards. We went from being like, especially here in Tennessee, we went from being very close to phase three. Now we're back to phase two mm. because people, I don't care, and it's like you may not care about yourself and the mask for yourself, but it doesn't take away from the fact that if we don't wear them, they're going to keep shutting things down. So it's just like, you know how they say, rip the Band-Aid off, put the Band-Aid on, okay? It's going to take a minute. Um, yeah, so I, I, it's going to take a unified uh, approach for everybody because if not, we're just going to keep regressing back in, to being full quarantine again, and then we're going to have to look online and see, you know, every other country like, ah, we told y'all. <laughs> <laughs> We're doing good right now. You guys are all... Well, so two things really quick. So in New York, tomorrow literally starts phase three, but they had to take something out. So it was supposed to be indoor, like restaurants could start allowing people to come indoors and sit, and they had to do away with that. So I'm not sure technically what else is in phase three, but that got taken out. And then also I will say, though... Canada has their own versions of Karen. I don't know if you saw it on Twitter, but apparently they're called Letitia's now because yeah. there was a Letitia going to a, a hospital for a suspected broken finger and she wasn't wearing a mask and the nurses and doctors kicked her out. And she made like a video about it and it's like, boo, you're in the wrong there. Right. Right. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's something about wearing a mask seemingly people want to rebel against it and i know this is way off topic but i'm thinking that they're gonna have to start in movies and tv shows like promoting the masks like have characters suddenly wearing masks so that people can like get it in their heads or something yeah this is this will all tie into um that um michael bay movie that they're doing that pandemic movie yeah. Because I'm sure he's doing rewrites right now. Like, okay. Uh, and, and then they're going to make it that much worse to kind of be like a cautionary tale. Of like, look, these people in this movie didn't listen and they're gone now. You know? Because <laughs> there's got to be something to, if it's not, you know, they don't want they don't care about the mask for themselves. Okay, I understand that. But you have to, to go forward to sacrifice your your beautiful face to go forward and not have it later on. Because if not, you know, that's why I, I took it upon myself when this first started. I was like, I'm going to buy me some cool-looking masks because I saw this happening. 
So I was like, if I gotta wear this all oh, the you're time, smart. <laughs> if I gotta do this all the time, I'm at least gonna match with my outfits. I'm gonna look cool. You know what I mean? Like uh, my thing is, it's funny to me is that there's a lot of people that don't complain because we watch movies like these superhero movies. We walk outside and we look like a superhero or a villain or whichever one you want to look like. You look cool. So like, just think of that mentality of like, I'm about to look like Black Noir. Why not go and I go oh, out? Yeah. <laughs> he's definitely good from the freaking uh virus he's like way you know protected there um yeah i've been wearing the medical masks because my aunt works at a medical office and so she's just been getting me them but right. i finally ordered one that has a little metal hole that has like a flap but then you can open it to put a straw in so that you can <laughs> drink outside as right. you're you know being protected but um Speaking of Black Noir, you're just really great tonight. You are segueing into all of these other topics. So I don't know if we've talked about this before, Dom, but are you a fan of The Boys on uh, Amazon Prime? Yeah. So I, as soon as I bought my new TV last year, I was like, that was the first thing I watched. I was like, okay, finally. <laughs> <laughs> So, did you watch the first three minutes of season two that they released on their Twitter page? Yeah, I just watched it um, about an hour ago, and um, that show is, I don't know, I, there's not many shows that I, no matter the, so to, the you know, the topic of it, that looked that great to me off, the, off top as soon as the first scene starts, and this show is just able to do that somehow, um, Especially with characters that like I wasn't that familiar with, you know, and it's very hard knowing that like going into something like a superhero show, you usually know a little bit about some of the characters. So when I start watching the boys, I knew nothing. I'd heard of some of the names, but I didn't know anything about them. And I to care that much off off the, off the rip, I was like, okay, this, this show kind of good. Okay, okay. <laughs> um, and these first three minutes, I was like, oh shit. Because like, I'm playing, like, and I can't even tell if he's really a superhero. I feel like he's there just to like, like he's just like a government assassin instead of actually yeah. being part of the seven because he doesn't care, won't say anything. So hopefully we kind of get some more backstory on his character. Yeah, I'm not trying to like boast myself out there, but I did speak to the actor who plays Black Noir. Last year, back when season one first came out, he's so cool. His name is Nathan Mitchell, very passionate about playing that character, says that we're going to see a lot in season two. He said that even in the first season. I, so you knew more than I did. You said that you heard of these characters. I didn't even know any of these characters. <laughs> but I did go and look to try to see who the hell Black Noir was. And... I did find out something. I'm not going to say it on air and spoil anything, but I don't, and I tried to ask Nathan if they were going to go in that direction, and of course he remained tight lip on that, but yeah, those first three minutes, first of all, I love Sympathy for the Devil by Rolling Stones, so you play that, and instantly I was like, awesome, <laughs> um, and I love Giancarlo Esposito, so seeing him uh, in the first three minutes is awesome, and I couldn't tell what they were chopping away at that statue of the seven. I don't know yeah, if you could. Okay. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I couldn't tell who they were trying to get rid of because it certainly couldn't have been, you know, the um, God. What was his name? The Invisible Guy. Uh, unless yeah. they're unless they're trying to get rid of the Deep if he's not in the Seven in the anymore. Technically, <laughs> that uh, what that new character? Uh, oh, Stormfront. She's replacing somebody, I think. Uh, yeah. I don't know who. And I looked up her the character. In the comics, it's a guy, so this is a gender flip. Okay. But the character is in the comics is a neo-Nazi. So oh, jeez. Yeah, so I'm curious as to what route they're going to go with her doing the gender flip. Um, I know that she's supposed to be really feminist, so I don't know if they're said neo-Nazis. She's like neo-feminist. And so, I'm, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. I'm curious to see how they, they use that because seeing that, I was like, oh, shit, so this comic get gets really deep i guess so uh it's gonna be interesting it's definitely gonna be interesting and i just wanted to comment in the first three minutes that we saw was still maintaining the level of bloodiness because remember in the beginning of the first season when a train ran through Huey's girlfriend blood splatter everywhere well in this one uh, Black Noir literally tears that dude's yeah. face open. I had to look away because I'm a big weenie when it comes to that <laughs> stuff. Um, he's just so badass. I love that. And then, of course, he was going against the uh, terrorist who, correct me if I'm wrong, Homelander was the one who gave them yeah. the, the Compound V to make yeah. supervillains. Yeah. And then, like, uh, that, and I think that added a layer, that scene added a layer to Black Noir that he literally doesn't feel any pain. Like, I was like, I'm about to blow him up, and he just sat oh, there like, all right, cool. <laughs> And then he had him, and then he had his head and saw the kid, and then kind of like with the bear was like, wah, wah, and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I can't wait for this freaking show. Um, it comes back on September 4th. And I believe it said that the first three episodes will be released and then it will go weekly, mm. which I'm a little mad at because the first season was released all eight episodes. Right. And I hate when they do this to me. I don't want to go week by week. Yeah. I want it all right there. <laughs> I'm, on, I'm on the fence with that because uh, I know we've been spoiled by the streaming services. But at the same time, I do kind of, have this weird nostalgic missing of week to week only be only for the simple fact that if you have um, people who watch the show also and maybe they're behind or they oh I've seen the first two and they're like oh well, I've seen all of them so I'll wait a week or two to watch all of them then we can talk <laughs> about it because um, like for me like I'm a big Walking Walking Dead fan right that's one of the only shows that are that big that are still week to week there's no one who can that, is, is, has, except for the people who, you know, work for AMC, they probably get all the episodes at one time. Um, and even, I don't think they're allowed that either, because that show so kept under wraps, like a Marvel movie. Um, yeah. But, yeah, like, I kind of, I like it sometimes where you're like, oh, last night, that this part and this part, because I feel like if you, uh, we if I talk to somebody about, like, Stranger Things, we don't focus on a whole episode, because you go the, the big events, of every episode, so you end up jumping, and then someone like me, who, like, watched all the little details and stuff, oh, man, you see when the spider crawled into the, this person's ear, and this happened, like, that happened, like, 
Yeah, just uh, <laughs> never mind, never mind. It's the wrong, wrong, wrong person to talk to. <laughs> the only real week by week show that I liked was Game of Thrones because then you could go into the office and Game of Thrones, like The Walking Dead, is one of those shows that everyone liked no matter what. Like for the right. boys, it's kind of like just us geeks that right. kind of like that, but Walking Dead and Game of Thrones were universal. I would be okay that the boys is doing this if I was still in quarantine, but considering I literally go back to the office tomorrow, I'm not happy about it. But that's just me. That's just me. Um, you still watch The Walking Dead. I fell off on season seven. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people did. I, well, this is what happened. I think there was, um, I think we're on 10 now. I think at nine. Nine or eight, I fell off a couple episodes because I was like, I didn't like the direction they were going. I, I think it was, that's what it was. It was after that, um, like big three, five year jump they did or whatever, yeah. and I was like, I don't, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know why y'all did that. And then I watched a couple episodes and caught back up, and I was like, okay, okay. And then you have these, you know, the, all the, the the whispers, and I was like, okay, it's getting good again, and. Um, <laughs> I think they know too. I think that's why they ramped things up a little bit and they started letting um, some of the female directors take over and some of the episodes got a lot better. And, and along with um, the guy who played Abraham, I can't think of his name. He started directing episodes too. Oh, he, really? Yeah. He, um, there's one of the episodes, there was a big battle scene and he, he said he's new to it, but the way he shot it, what had him shoot it and the things that were going on, it looked fantastic. So, I think they're getting experimental a little bit now that they have a, a core fan base where you can do things and they'll forgive little things as long as, you know, you don't kill Daryl. <laughs> you know? I mean, I thought that the golden rule of The Walking Dead was if Michonne leaves, then we are not here anymore and Michonne left. So yeah. I don't know how. Like, I, I, without Maggie is. <laughs> I'm just saying that you can't ride on Negan forever, which since we're talking about, I didn't even have this in my notes, but I just thought about it. Um, So the boys showrunner Eric Kripke confirms Jeffrey Dean Morgan may be joining season three. And this comes from Collider. So, I mean, that would be kind of exciting. Jeffrey Dean Morgan coming to the boys. Do you think that, if he did come to the boys, that would kind of mean Negan would be out. He's still in it, right? I, yeah. I'm not getting that confused. <laughs> I think that, I think possibly, I feel like um, either Negan eventually has his own story arc and, and disappears from the show, kind of like Michonne, or he becomes the face of the show and, and replaces the Rick presence um but him on something like The Boys fits perfectly because that dude has some of the best charisma I've ever seen for anybody on TV. It's crazy. Um, and I would hope that he wouldn't be just there for one season. Yeah. Um, and I did see that uh, he started him started the whole push for him being on the show on Twitter Uh and then the director was like, oh, okay. Nice, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't realize that. He's a good actor. I really like him. 
Um, when I saw that, I was like, okay, okay, I, I could dig that. I was a little upset at first that the whole rumor that he's not going to be Thomas Wayne in Flash, that upset me. Because right. that was probably the only thing that was drawing me to the Flash. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sorry, anyone who's out there who's a Flash fan. I just, I, it's not for me. But, um, so let's move on to the next topic. I wanted to talk about, well, let's do really quick before I get into say more of the controversial things in this. But, so they are saying, and it's a rumor that there may be a live-action Batman Beyond movie. Would you be excited for that? Uh, yeah, I think um, watching that, I remember the animated series, I, it was a little, I think I got a, I think that's when I stopped playing football. So I didn't focus on it as much, because okay. then I turned into a jock, and it got kind of weird. <laughs> um, and I had to balance, like, geek and jock. I had to put them together. <laughs> Um, but no, I mean that going back and watching those episodes that, that just like the Batman animated series ahead of its time, no one else was doing anything like it. Um, so if they're able to do it correctly, I think it could be very good. And I think those are characters that people want to see because it seems like a big majority besides, um, Joanne, maybe <laughs> want to move past Bruce Wayne as like, the, the Batman character. I mean, he likes Batman in general, so maybe he's just like, oh, yeah, I'm with it too. Um, <laughs> but I, I think people want to see someone, just like James Bond, you don't want to see Pierce Brosnan play uh, James Bond forever. You don't want to see Daniel Craig forever. So maybe you don't want to see Bruce Wayne uh, as the Batman. Maybe you want to see, well, I can't remember Beyond's uh, character's name. Terry McGinnis. Terry, yeah. So maybe, you know, that's I'll, I'm down for it, especially when the suit's going to look different and it has different um, technologies able to do. And then if we get this old kind of grumpy Bruce Wayne in the cave, that dynamic would be fun to watch. So, yeah, I'm down for it. Yeah, I watched a lot of Batman Beyond as a kid, and I liked the contrast between that and, say, Batman the Animated Series, which always felt like it was more so... 1940s noir and then you get batman beyond which is so futuristic and his suit is sleeker and you know all of that i thought that was really cool yes juan was always of the mindset of we need to earn that we haven't had a proper (laughs) bruce wayne and like we've had bruce wayne is james bond is at this point we've had about five of them maybe even more i'm okay with moving forward I'm okay with featuring Terry McGinnis for all of us fans who grew up watching that series. And especially if they're going to, say, completely discard Ben Affleck's Batman. They're saying that Robert Pattinson's Batman is in a separate universe of his own. And then they're bringing Michael Keaton in. You can't have Michael Keaton around fighting. That's just unrealistic. (laughs) I I love Michael Keaton. And listen, I love Michael Keaton. Uh, He was a fantastic Batman. He was a fantastic Beetlejuice. I liked him a lot as Vulture, and that's cool seeing him back. I don't want to see him waltzing around in the the cape. It would be a lot cooler for him to be more of a mentor to a young Terry McGinnis. 
And can you just imagine how cool that suit would look in a wow. live-action capacity? Yeah. yeah, it would look so good, especially because we, every time we get a character with an iconic suit, we get texture with it, and the texture makes it look that much better. So, yeah, I'd be excited to see that. I'd be really excited. Out, off of the top of your head, and I don't have anyone off the top of my head, so I'm putting you on the spot here. <laughs> <laughs> Who would you cast as Terry McGinnis? <laughs> oh, that's a good question. Um, It'd be really hard because, I mean, this okay, I know off top, most people, for a younger character that could play the character for a long time, they'd probably say someone like Chalamet. But if Chalamet pops up for everything... That is true. Um, I, if he if he was willing to dye his hair like a dark brown, I would love to see the guy from that movie, I Am Number 4. I don't remember his name. I know who you're talking about. But yeah. he has the field, he has the jaw, um, he's already played in like action-type roles. Um, I think I had him on one of my fan casts for Batman for when we last year when we did it. Um, oh. So I want to see that guy in, in the superhero world because I feel like he fits... Um. So yeah, I don't know what he would look like with dark hair, or maybe just <laughs> maybe just leave it blonde and just say, you know, we know who the character is. We don't care what his hair looks like. You know, they can do what they want, but I think he'd be a good fit. I'm thinking very like uh, off the cuff here, and I'm thinking, what about um? Oh God, what's his name? Nicholas Holt, because he lost out on the freaking um. Batman for to Robert Pattinson. So it's like, what if we had him or something? It probably wouldn't work, but I'm thinking about it. <laughs> just to have it as that. But yeah, I just wanted to mention that because I saw that and I really enjoyed the Batman Beyond series and I've been wanting a live action forever and it feels almost unfair that we haven't had one yet. So that's just me. But... um also, really quick, as far as, say, the filming goes, um, according to Culture Crave, Tom Cruise can resume filming on Mission Impossible immediately as he has been granted permission to skip the 14-day quarantine in the United Kingdom. How did he manage that? <laughs> How did the Tom Cruise I'm manage that? pool, apparently. <laughs> He has, like, the, the the vaccine for COVID or something, and he's, like, good. <laughs> he's so method. <laughs> I don't know why. They, like, I, have, I think I stopped watching Mission Impossible after, like, the third, second or third one. Uh, I don't know. Something about it just, like, I respect the, the namesake of the character because, like, the mission wasn't possible, and he pulled it off. Uh, to quote Vince Which State. he pulls which he pulls it off every time. So is it really impossible? <laughs> um, and, I mean, how old is he now? I mean, at Nobody's some point... in his 50s. <laughs> yeah, at some point, it's going to stop being believable. I'm like, all right, bro. You just got hit by a train, and you're still alive? Cool. You're a robot. You're a Terminator now. <laughs> like... Well, it's like Harrison Ford is saying that once he passes away, no one should be Indiana Jones because he's him forever. But... Um, yeah, I, and, and Tom Cruise insists on doing, I think, 99% of his own stunts, so, I will say, this is me, I was never a big Tom Cruise fan, 
I just think maybe from his personality, and we don't have to get into that at all, obviously, <laughs> but uh, but I did see Mission Impossible Fallout primarily for Henry Cavill, and right. he he was good in it. So if you ever did decide to check out Mission Impossible Fallout, it is pretty good, just because Henry Cavill is, like, God <laughs> at this point. Uh, I'm more Tom Cruise and his, like, art house type of films, like Eyes Wide Shut and... Oh, that was such a freaky movie. Yeah, yeah. Give me the weird Tom Cruise. I don't need the action Tom Cruise. Back when he was with, um, oh, God, Nicole Kidman. We'll we'll do that. I just had to mention that with Tom Cruise just because when I read the headlines there, I was like, what? But um, let's move on to our final two topics of the night. Uh, One of them is... Ray Fisher, who plays Cyborg in the DCEU, um, made a comment pretty much kind of saying that Josh Whedon was a fairly abusive director. Now, he had tweeted out a video of him and Jason Momoa at San Diego Comic-Con where Ray was praising Josh for stepping into Zack Snyder's shoes and yada 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 and then in his tweet so he then retweeted that saying i would like to backtrack everything that i just said here and then i believe he also uh expanded on that in interview saying how unprofessional josh was how abusive he was and then i even saw something where they you know that scene in justice league where the flash falls on top of wonder woman Someone said that Gail Godot refused that, and that's actually a stunt double there. So what do you make of this whole thing against Josh Whedon that Ray is saying? Yeah, it's um, it's kind of it's, it's weird timing for all this kind of stuff. But it's also like, I mean, I would assume there's, you know, I, I can't, you know, wholeheartedly, you know, believe him and not believe Joss at the same time he refutes it because we don't know without proof, but I think we've always heard with, like, movies, uh, I mean, with directors, and we've even seen directors depicted in movies that they're always kind of pretentious in a way, and some of them, you know, they go on these rants and yell at the actors and temper tantrums and all this kind of stuff, so I mean... I don't know. I mean, I've never heard any of this stuff before with previous shows and movies that he's done. But maybe this, there was something that happened. Maybe he was, I don't know if it was the end. I would have liked to assume that it was only a day or two that this happened, this went on. Because I would, I don't know how you would put up with that for a month or two um, filming an entire movie. Because I know myself. If you kept berating me like that, we're going to fight at some point. <laughs> um, and Ray's not a small guy. No. So I don't I don't know. I, I don't think he would make it up. So um, especially because he is in this realm of, of this character. So I would I don't think uh, he would make it up. Uh, I didn't that day he posted it. I didn't say see uh, Josh say anything. Um, he kind of went on as like business as usual, but um, I'm sure, I know he saw it. I'm sure there's a lot of uh, mentions and whatnot. And I think another actor came out and like backed up Ray's uh, tweet 
saying like, yeah, like this stuff went on. Uh, so yeah, it's uh, it's unfortunate. If it, it, so because I like I said, I don't want to say Ray made it up because I don't think he would. Because um, it'd just be pointless if there's like because if you're going to say something like that, I'm sure you can back it up with some kind of facts or, or other people who went through the same thing. So it's very unfortunate that that happened. I don't know why. You're making a fun movie. Why would you <laughs> get ugly with it? And and I understand, like, the whole... I saw the Gal Gadot thing, too. And I, I completely understand, like, some somebody laying on top of you for this scene, for what reason? Like, what? what why is this needed? Um, especially if... If I'm Gal, I might feel like, let's say, if Ezra was, like, flirting, and it's like, oh, this kid is annoying, and then, oh, we have this scene where he has to lay on top of you, she might feel like he planned this, you know what I mean? So, I don't know, man. It, it, it seems, it all seems kind of fishy that, like, that, that, that right there seems fishy, and this whole situation just seems ugly, and I don't know why it didn't come out sooner. I don't know if they're under a contract or NDAs or whatever, uh, but it's very unfortunate for everybody involved, um, especially this DCEU and Marvel universe because he dabbles in both. So he might have just cost himself yeah. millions of dollar and dollars and his livelihood going forward. Yeah, and I will say that it that scene with say the flash and wonder woman is very much josh whedon style uh i know how much you love age of ultron but (laughs) there was literally no reason for black widow and for bruce banner to fall on top of her just saying and like and i go back and rewatch and i'm like his face is fully in her cleavage (laughs) there was no reason but i feel like it's such an old thing i don't know a whole lot of josh whedon's uh resume a lot of people are, I think, diehard fans of his from back in the day. I believe he did Buffy, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, so. yeah, but besides, say, the first Avengers and Age of Ultron and this short-lived series Dollhouse, I don't know a whole lot about I Josh. I think he worked on, on uh, or helped create Agents of, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Okay, probably. Uh, you probably are 100% right with that. Um, so, the Ray Fisher's comment... I don't want to not believe him either. I will say that part of me, and just just a little part of, like, the little part there was, like, what if this is all to kind of, like, garner more support towards the Snyder Cut and Zack Snyder, (laughs) you know? But, again, that doesn't mean that I don't believe him um, because, as you said, directors can be like that. Uh, directors were a lot like that. There's uh, famous stories of how Stanley Kubrick was very abusive to his actors, so it doesn't necessarily surprise me so much, but in today's day and age, Josh Whedon, not a good look at all. (laughs) I mean, if you go watch um, Judy, um, there's a, uh, at the beginning of the movie, it shows when she's young playing, um, I think getting ready to play uh, in the Wizard of Oz, Mm-hmm. The director's telling her, like, you know, I didn't see shooting commercials, like, don't eat this. You don't look fat. You can't flirt with this board. You can't, like, and you know what I mean? And some of those directors, if they looked up to these people or they worked under the tutelage of these directors, you pick up 
personality traits and mannerisms and bad habits that if no one says anything to you, you're going to keep doing it because you're the director and they're afraid to say anything because you're the director. So, you know, maybe it's just to get to the point of like, hey, we all kind of have a chance to speak up right now. So mm-hmm. Ray was like, hey, I'll take one for the team. If y'all back me up, y'all back me up. If y'all don't, y'all don't. But I'm going to put it out there. So that's kind of how I'm, I'm looking at it. Um, he just falling on the sword for everybody. And um, and it seems like there's a lot of support for him. Um, I feel like the ones who were, you know, anti his comments are just doing it for the sake of doing it. Because like, they don't want to believe it. Which happens. You don't want to believe something that you like did something crazy. But you don't know them personally, so you don't know what they're capable of. So it could be true. Yeah, absolutely. And um, really quick, if you're at all interested in the story of Judy Garland, you should definitely watch a documentary on her. The way that they treated actors and actresses back in the day is... I won't say borderline abusive. It was abusive. Uh, in this documentary I watched, that is exactly how they portrayed it, that she was treated by directors and the studios and all that. But, um, yeah, I mean, the one thing... I may have not been the biggest fan of Justice League or the current DCEU, EU, but if there's one thing I can say, the actors are incredibly loyal to each other. So I am sure that... If this keeps going and gets momentum, Gail Gadot will come out. Maybe Ben Affleck will come out and say something. Maybe not against Josh Whedon, but at least in support of Ray Fisher's comments. So he doesn't feel like he's on an island by himself. Right. Um, Speaking about directors, again, I just thought about this. So this is one of those things where I think it's a fake outrage. Uh, there was a recent actor on actor between Anne Hathaway and I believe Hugh Jackman where um, Anne Hathaway said that Christopher Nolan doesn't allow his cast to sit. There's no chairs around and the whole internet got kind of like really testy about that. And I was like, all right, this is just fake outrage here. I, I don't know how you felt about that, but I was like, oh, leave Christopher Nolan alone. Like, come on now. I, yeah, I think that, like, there's certain things that, like, you have to, just like, okay, you go to somebody's house, right, and they say, I want you to take off your shoes. Well, that's their house. Take off your shoes yeah. because they don't want your mud on the carpet or whatever the case is, maybe or culturally, whatever the case may be, you just follow that because their house. So if you go over Nolan's house, which is his set, and he says, hey, I just don't have chairs because I like the flow of, like, standing because you think, like, whatever, it creates whatever he thinks it creates. I mean, it's not like you're being tortured. You know, you don't, you're not having the situation of, like, Ray. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's like, oh, there's no chairs. This kind of sucks, but, like, I'm getting paid millions of dollars, so, like, does it really matter if I don't have a chair? Um, because I've definitely worked at places where you stand for 12 hours. And I can't complain about it. And I was making way less money than these <laughs> actors are um, making. So if you ain't got a chair, oh, well. Sorry. Suck it up. <laughs> yeah, I think... I think I even tweeted, I said, okay, well, you've clearly never worked as, like, a waitress or a waiter or something, because I, as, just like you said, when I was a waitress, I worked 
12 to 14 hour shifts. I never got to sit down. I worked at a bakery in college, and if you were even, like, found crouching down, my boss would say, what the hell were you doing? And I was making, I think, at least, like, $8 an hour at then. So I don't want to hear it, (laughs) all right? You're getting paid millions. I don't give a shit. (laughs) That's when you know that she's been acting for a very long time. I mean, because she can feel that way. You know what I mean? Because she's used to every set having chairs, and then you have the one that doesn't. Yeah, you go, you might feel weird, but I don't think it's like he just he hated us and we didn't have, he didn't give us chairs. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I listen. I don't hate against Anne Hathaway. I love her. She's a fantastic actress. So I'm not. So, I was more so like reacting to everyone else's comments because yeah, yeah. I think she was just kind of mentioning it right. to, to show what, say, Christopher Nolan's process was. Right, and then right. it was, you know, the internet erupting in, oh my god, you know, uh, someone said uh, something along the lines of, well, I won't be sitting in a chair for tenant then, I guess, you know. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, jeez. <laughs> I can't sometimes with the internet. If it wasn't for, say, us working for Geek Vibes Nation, I may just, like, not even visit it because <laughs> it's ridiculous. And speaking of ridiculous, which uh, we now come to the last topic of the night, I asked Dom if we should even mention this because it is a little, say, political, but also entertainment at the same time. And we decided let's just talk about it because why not? Um I- <laughs> Kanye West um, just announced that he is running for the 2020 election. (laughs) Dom, what do you think about this? (laughs) So, the one thing I will say is that he is a man of his word, because I remember he gave a speech. It was a couple years ago, like MTV Awards or some awards, where he talked about that he was on run for president. Um, and this is pre him being friends with Trump, I think, or at least endorsing Trump really hard. So he's a man of his word. So he did, he's following through with what he said, but <laughs> we know Kanye to be, uh, openly bipolar and having manic episodes and fighting, uh, paparazzi, which understandably, at some case, some occasions, oh, yeah, uh, annoying. <laughs> yeah, and so <sighs> he's a smart man when it comes to art, but that is definitely a person that. Okay, I was watching. Um, I don't know if you ever watched that guy uh, Kepler. He works for Comedy Central, and he does a lot of these interviews uh, with like political, like, political interviews, because like, he used to work for The Daily Show, right? So he asked... It sounds his, familiar. Is he, like, a tall white guy with, like, blonde yeah. hair or something? Yeah, okay. So yeah. I watched the video today, and he was asking a woman, um, "Can would you want a woman to be president? And she was like, no, it's a man's job, because women have more uh, hormones and emotions, and they can start a war like that. Kanye is, like, doesn't take his meds, and he openly says he doesn't take his meds, and he had all these episodes, so you think he might not just be like, you know what? I don't like Poland. What? They didn't even do anything. It don't matter. <laughs> like, <laughs> so yeah. And now, like, now if he really has something to say and is able to change and have a platform, you know, of course, it's, you're welcome to run. But like, 
please don't make this more of a circus than it already is because now you're just going to have random people running for president just because. Like, yo, we, we always see in, like, shows when we were kids where it would be, like, class presidents running and then there's, like, a piece of wood running and the piece of wood wins. And, like, how did that happen? Because that's a piece of wood. And that's essentially what this is turning into. Cause I think I saw a, a tweet of Tiffany Haddish saying, I'm going to run for president. <laughs> now, I'm, I'm, she was joking, but that's what it seems you like. You never know in this <laughs> I mean, listen, back in 2016, I said, Trump's not going to win. And then I wake up at 3 o'clock in the morning and look at my phone, and it's right there. I was like, um, but, yeah, I mean, God. Uh, I I don't even know where to begin with the whole thing. I do remember Kanye saying back in, like, 2016, he was like, I'm going to run for president in 2020. So he's keeping his word, I suppose, but... It's so funny. I watched this really, my boyfriend put it on, this really, like, tinfoil hat, Illuminati-type <laughs> documentary about Kanye West last night. Um, and it was all about him being, like, programmed by the Illuminati and everything. So I can't wait to see, like, what people like that <laughs> say about this whole thing. Um, yeah, I, well, okay, so it's funny. Kelly and I were talking about this where there's the comment, oh, women are more emotional. They can't be president. They'll start wars. It's like every war has been started by a man, but okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, to me, it's like, and it's not going to be one of those things where, oh, entertainers need to stay in their in their lane, right? Sure, if you have thoughts and you have, you know, plans and everything, but Kanye is so eccentric and it to me does take away from say the uh seriousness of the election which is something that i think also happened in 2016 and it could also take away from the fact okay you're voting for kanye but then your votes could then say not be for biden and i'm not trying if anyone's out there i'm not trying to sway your political you know, vote or it just, anything. It splits the vote. It takes away it's, from both Trump and Biden. Or um, there's a libertarian uh, woman running, and I can't remember her name. I think it starts with a J. Is um, it Jill Stein? I don't think so. She has like a long, short first name, long last name. Okay, then it may not but, be her. But yeah, that I feel like that's just him saying that, being able to say like, I did it. And that way you're taken away from serious candidates, whether it be Trump or Biden or the, uh, this woman. It takes away from them, and you're not even – there's no way – Like, and my thing is, too, with him, there's people who are meant to be leaders, right? Um, and there's people who are supposed to be part of a team, but not necessarily the captain of the team. Um, and – Kanye is not a leader. Like he's never been the leader of any of these things we've seen him a part of, whether it be, you know, fashion, music, whatever. He's always a strong right or left hand of uh, of a big monster, but like never the head of it. Because some people are just better off adding to or helping steer a direction, but being the leader is and having to make some of the toughest decisions you have to make are you gonna be able to do that and i think that he really needs to sit down and like 
Hey, uh, I couldn't even decide on the date for my album. I don't even know if I can <laughs> figure out. You know what I mean? And also, Kanye has an album coming out soon. So, oh god, <laughs> just, this all could just be a promotion yeah, for his album and, to get uh, people to talking. Because that's the thing nowadays, with with especially within hip hop. Every time someone has an album coming out, there's some kind of beef or some kind of controversy. Like the, recently, you have August Alcina saying, yeah, Will Smith gave me his blessing to have relations with Jada. Oh, God, I heard. <laughs> yeah, but he has an album coming out soon, too. Wow. So, I don't, you know what I mean? Like, it all is about timing and what, and it's very, they plan this stuff out, especially with this quarantine they've had plenty of time to plan on all this stuff because if kanye really wanted to run for president you would think he would have announced it a long time ago yeah. or he wouldn't have to fund himself because now you have to raise money to help you do this unless he just runs off a twitter campaign i don't know maybe he will but um and yeah, what I would kanye know. even what would he even run as i don't know i don't even know what his whole platform would be like, you know, go buy, I don't know. <laughs> go buy my $3,000 shoes or something. And this is, I know it's not that serious. He just signed like a, um, a 10, 10 or 20 year deal with Gap for his Easy collection. Okay. So you as a president, I don't think are supposed to run a business or have that was whole Trump's whole thing was like you can't run your business so he put that someone else's and we know Kanye is a control freak when it comes to creative things especially his fashion you can't do that to run the country so there's no way this is real there's no way there's no, no way <laughs> I, I wholeheartedly believe sorry go ahead I was gonna say we said that before too so. But that's what I'm saying. I, I, I want to sit here and I want to laugh it off, but that's what I was doing in 2016. And then, like, this happened four years later. Um, I will say the one last thing I will say about this is if Kanye is serious about this and if people vote him in, that means the Kardashians are in the White House. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that, to me, is actually scarier. Like, as eccentric as Kanye is, and I don't want to take anyone who's listening or watching this, and I don't want to say at all that it has anything to do with his bipolarism or anything like that. I don't want people getting offended there. But the Kardashians having their toes, and let's us not forget who the Kardashians are friends with. He's orange, and he has a really <laughs> bad toupee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I don't know um, who would be in his cabinet. Like, he doesn't know all these political people, all these politicians, I, I don't think, uh, on a personal level. So, like, if he, like he, if he did get voted in, who's... Who's his who, vice president? <laughs> yeah, who's his secretary of defense? Who's, like... I don't know. It's kind of scary to think about. Um, and do do they still record uh, keeping up with the Kardashians? Is it still a thing? Is this in the White House now? Keep, <laughs> keeping up with the Kardashians White House edition. Yeah. You got Chloe Kardashian running around, Courtney, Chris. I forget the others. Kendall and... I don't know. I forget their name. Chloe... Yeah. 
Who, who cares? I don't know. It's very, uh, that's weird. It's weird. <laughs> I know. I know. I was like, we have to mention this. It, as soon as I saw it, I said to myself, it's just way too interesting not to talk about. But, um, Unless you have anything else you want to mention, I think that we've covered all the bases tonight, and we rock this GVL, and yeah, so Dom, please plug your stuff, let everyone know where they can find you, what you got coming up next for us. Um, I have a interview this week with uh, Alina Shire, who we all know her as uh, Adrian from Rocky. Um, so that's coming out soon. Uh, a past interview with um, Sydney James Harcourt from Hamilton, and um, that's on. You know, wherever you listen to your uh, podcast, you know, look up Geek Vibes Nation. Um, I have past episodes, like in the hundreds, uh, from my personal chopping up with the homies. I've been working on this interview I had done a long time ago. Uh, I just had audio issues. Um, but that's gonna come out soon. It's uh, with a uh, friend of mine who's a writer on LA's Finest, and um, yeah, you can go back and check out that chopping up the homies. I haven't put out as many because I have I posted on Facebook that I've said so much that relates to now that I don't feel like repeating myself. <laughs> so like, if people want to know how I feel about certain things that are going on. Uh, I've already kind of talked about it years ago, last year, year before. Um, and then, yeah, like, I'm on all these podcasts with GVL, of course. Uh, and um, I think I got a couple of views coming out this week. I'm busy. I get screeners. <laughs> um, look out for, uh, I just screened The Dare. And I think that is... Um, I want to say it's on Blu-ray. I think it starts to officially come to like video on demand, like this coming up week. Um, and also just screen. It's from the same director, uh, Arthur and Merlin, the Knights of Camelot. And um, that one's if you're a big into like the uh, uh, Game of Thrones realm, you'll love it. The Dare, if you love, like, your overly kind of gory, saw type of oh, ram of horror, you'll like it. I thought it was really good. And then there's only about six reviews online. I haven't written mine yet. And they didn't like it because they weren't into gore. I like gore, so it's a great movie. Look out for my review soon. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> that's awesome um yeah please everyone make sure you check that out that is so cool that you are interviewing soon the woman who played adrian in the rocky franchise i have, I have so many i i love the rocky franchise i watched that as a kid with like my grandparents and to be honest rocky 4 was my favorite so it's funny that sylvester stallone saying there's a director's cut of that so i i would probably watch it but yeah please everyone make sure that you check that out dom is such a talented writer reviewer he's a busy busy man so please make sure you show him all the love of course you can go to our website which is geekfivesnation.com we have all of dom stuff my stuff 
stuff. Uh, we have our podcast links there, our articles, movie reviews, opinion pieces. And, of course, we have a thousand different podcasts. Not only do we have Geek Vibes Live, but we have the Top Ten with Tia, Wrestling Geeks Alliance, Skates to Throat, They Call This a Movie, Stranger Damies, Tea Time with Tia, Marty and Kathy's Coffee Talk, and probably more than I'm forgetting, but... <laughs> Please make sure that you like and subscribe and let us know what you're thinking, what you want us to do next. And, yeah, so awesome. Dom, thank you so much, and hope everyone has a great night. Let me press uh, stop recording. <laughs>